Berkshire Football Stories is sponsored by Berks County Football Club. The Swords are now ground sharing for the 2020-21 season at Binfield FC. If you're looking for your football fix in the area, check out Berks County's fixture list and head down to Hill Farm Lane this season to see local players striving for promotion. You can see all the latest fixtures, results and much more at www.barkscountyfc.com. Hello and welcome to the Berkshire Football Stories podcast with me, Tom Canning. And me, Rob Davis. Um, welcome to series three of our podcast where we chat to players, managers and volunteers at our non-league clubs throughout Berkshire. Uh, in series two, we recorded remotely during the lockdown. We, Rob and I, we did 46 podcasts, which you can go back and listen to as part of our pub, but not in a pub chat series, which I think we did almost daily during the lockdown. Um mm-hmm. I think we were pretty much burned out by the end of that, trying to do one of those a day. It was uh, it was a bit insane. Um, we're not going to do quite. We're not going to go quite so crazy this time. Uh, you should get a new podcast each week, along with our new East meets West Hellenic League show. So there's going to be plenty to listen to. Uh, you can see more podcasts from us by searching Berkshire Football Stories on your favourite podcast app. You can also follow us on Twitter at fi Berkshire and find out more www.footballinbarkshire.co.uk. Today we are starting Series 3 with um, with arguably one of the most feared goal scorers in recent Step 5 history. Uh, It's former Binfield and current Ascot United striker Ian Davis. Hello Ian. Hello, thanks for having me on. That's all right. Good to good to see. You. I don't know if we've don't know if we've. Uh, it's it's sometimes it surprises me. I'm not sure we've ever met in person necessarily, but I've certainly seen you play a lot. Um, and I know I know Rob has as well over the last couple of years. So um, just an interesting um, kind of as I say, one of the most feared goals, arguably one of the most feared goal scorers at Step Five. Um, you scored absolutely tons of goals. Uh, over 20 last season in the curtailed season and I dread to think I was going to look it up and then I then I ran out of time but just you know hundreds and hundreds and hundreds um, how how do you how do you do it I mean I, I'm not I don't want to age you Ian but, but, but you've been around a little while yeah um, so I think it's my 19th season at, at wow. kind of this level or roughly this level so certainly playing first team football so yeah um, I think not stopping is probably the best answer I've got for you. I just, um, I just always done it, and um, I, I love it so much. So, uh, yeah, just going while I can. <laughs> you, uh, we, we did a thing a couple of weeks ago about um, players who'd played for the most clubs in Berkshire, and um, just shamefully, I think you only came in at five, uh, which I think was Thatcham, uh, Binfield, Woodley. Ascot and I can't forget the other one. Uh, oh, Bracknell! You had a brief spell at Bracknell as well. Is that is that right? Five? Does that sound right? Uh, I have I have had a, a couple of games for Newbury as well. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Oh. Um, didn't spend too much time there. It was more as more of a ringer really, rather than. <laughs> but yeah. So where where did you where did your career start? How did it? How did you get? How did you get started scoring goals? Um, so Thatcham Town really. Um, I was. Uh, I've always been a Wokingham lad, so I was playing for Wokingham Town just at under-16 level. Um, and then uh, through school, we had a link with Thatcham Town, a guy called David Jeans, and he was at Thatcham. And um, yeah, me and Mark, I got a twin brother, and we both went across um, and had a training session. And, you know, they liked us, we liked them, and just thought, you know, it'd be quite a good place to get some allied counties football. And um, yeah, we had a really good season that year. And uh, and then the season after, I got um, brought along for a first team. It was like a pre-season friendly tournament there, the Django Memorial. So, um guy Stuart Anderson runs it in memory of his brother. And, uh, yeah, I, I got 
10 minutes at the end of the semi-final and uh, scored two goals. And, um, and so the next, the next end of the final, I was on the bench again. And um, one of the, the players got injured, so I managed to get on quite early on and again scored another two goals in the final. And that kind of seemed to give me an opportunity in the first team that season. And that's really where it, where it kind of kicked off. Uh, were you always a striker, like during your youth career and uh, whatever else? Did you always just, you know, up front was always where you're at or did you, you know, progress there or find you had a talent? What I'm trying to get at is when did you realise you were a goal scorer? Um, well, funny story with that. I was, um, my first kind of season playing football was playing for Woodley Wanderers and the manager wasn't too sure where to play me and he, he played me one game at, at centre-half and I'd done it right, but I scored an own goal. <laughs> um, and uh, I think the, the start of the next season from what I understand I was due to play there again but it was a last minute change and he just put me up front and I scored in that game so then he kept it and then I scored in the next game and it kind of just carried on from there and yeah ever since apart from the odd spell uh, on right midfield a couple of times I've always been a forward So it's just always a case with you of just scoring the closest net <laughs> Yeah exactly just, Yeah kick it towards the goal doesn't matter whose it is <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, obviously, how long were you at Thatcham for? Uh, so, it's about five five years. I think maybe six if you include the um, the Allied season mm. as well. Um, so, yeah, quite a while. Would you have played in their, their sort of Ryman League team? Or was it no Southern League team? Would you have played in that one? When they yeah, so there? I was part of the side that we got promoted from the Wessex League to the, um, at the time it was the Southern Div 1, um, or the West Division, I think it was. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was part of that team that got us promoted and then uh, I was there and then I went to Lymington and New Milton uh, just because I knew a player there really and um, I did something different. I uh, didn't quite appreciate the, the drive. No. Uh, <laughs> I had to go there for training and, and matches three times a week. So, um, But yeah, uh, I was always at Thatcham and then yeah, went off to there and, and then been a bit of a journeyman since really. So I think when, when you kind of came into the, to sort of our consciousness as part of the sort of, I suppose, the East Berkshire football scene, that would have been at Binfield. And I've, I've seen people call you the, the best player Binfield have ever had. I've seen, I've seen that a couple of times. And I think, um, if I remember rightly, Bob Bacon said that to us when we spoke to him uh, on our podcast some time ago, however long that was. How did you end up at Binfield? Because I think at the time, Binfield would have been Division 1 East. That's, that would have been quite a step. That would have been two leagues down, I think. So I joined Binford when it was their first season in the Hellenic Prem. Ah, okay. Um, so uh, I don't know if you remember the centre half Ryan Millwood. Yes. So I was uh, I went to school with him, so I was mates with him, and uh, he badgered me a little bit for about a year, maybe a little bit longer to to join. And I was having an R and at the time I was at Winchester, and um, and then yeah, I just thought I uh, um, I just need a need a break from football, so. I, I think it was about a month I had off and then Brian said, Look, come and come and join us. And because you know, I was without a team, I thought, yeah, you know, what, I'll give it a go. And um, yeah, uh, just settled in straight away, really. Um, yeah, the rest, I guess, is history. You had quite a prolific partnership up front with Carl. It was Davis and Davis for a while. Um, <laughs> sort of, I want to say big man, little man, but I don't think that really does either of you justice, to be honest. No, I, I wouldn't call Carl a little man, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's, uh, yeah, we, we just, we hit it off. I mean, he was, um, he'd probably argue that I, I kept kicking the ball out wide for him. So, and I just stay in the middle. So that's why it, it worked because he kept um, yeah, providing a service for me. But no, we, uh, in all seriousness, we, um, it was one of them things we just yeah, seemed to get on. Um, you know, on the pitch, uh, it was great fun to play with. 
Um, one of the funniest players I've ever played with as a wind-up merchant. He's definitely up there. Um, but yeah, even off the pitch, he brings a lot to whatever side he's at. So yeah, he's a good guy, Carl. Is that sort of um, team dynamic, I guess, or something like that? Something you look for when you're looking for clubs? You say you've been a journeyman. You know, what has tempted you to um, go to the various clubs that you've been at? Is it the project? Is it the people that are there? Or, or you know, is it locality or something like that? You know? Uh, I suppose, it's, in all seriousness, it's probably a, a bit of, of each at different times, really. Um, when I first left Thatcham, um, I was just ready for something different. Uh, I went to the same league, it was just a different side. So, um, yeah, that's how that one worked out. Again, with Binfield, it was a mate was playing and he said, look, come and play. And I thought, well, yeah, I'll get myself a game. But then with Ascot more recently, uh, I spoke to JT uh, the previous summer. And uh, as soon as I spoke to him, I was like, yeah, I want to I wanna give this a go. And I, I like what he's got um, planned for this team. So, yeah, I suppose it's never really one thing. It just depends at the time really um, if I want a project or if I just want a game no. Was it sort of you obviously did when um, I think you'd, you'd been at Bracknell for a little while and because I, I, I know you, that part of that Binfield team was, was Mark Tallentire's side and that was yeah. quite a successful side and um, Mark went, if I remember rightly Mark went to Burnham mm. uh, and then kind of went moved over to Bracknell when you were at Bracknell for a little while but you weren't really playing um, yeah what, 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 how, why? I mean, I know that they had a couple, of, they had a couple of decent strikers in there already, but was it sort of? I feel like you, you fit like to have a little bit of time out of the game occasionally. Would that be? Is that right? Uh, I've only really done it, um, probably a couple of times, maybe three times. So with the the Bratnell one, um, I, yeah, I joined them at the start of the season, done pre-season with them, and then um, within a couple of games, it was the same year I started my business. Right. Um, just both of them at the same time were just uh, just a bit too much to to do. So uh, yeah, I took some time out, worked my business a little bit, and then later on that season, I uh, missed it really. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, managed to um, kind of sort it out so I could start playing again. And I just started playing Sunday league really that uh, later on that year. And then um, and then Mark gave me a call, and uh, um, yeah, one of the lads was in. I can't remember which one was injured now when the lads got injured um and he just said look do you want to help us finish the season off so yeah I, I went there and you know I was um just a reserve striker really for him uh um, the two lads up front um TJ and um, Adam Cornell were on fire that season so you know that, that was only ever going to be my role that season and you know I was happy to push him all the way but yeah. um yeah they uh yeah they had a really good season and I got a few games it got me back into it got me loving it again so you know, it was that was good for me as well. I think at the time. Um, and obviously, you kind of, you ended up then at Woodley uh, in the in the Premier Division. That you played, I think you played about three games there. And I remember Roger Herridge sort of. I remember watching the game where you played against Binfield, scored twice. And I think Roger was absolutely fuming on the side because I think first of all you were playing again, and he hadn't, he didn't know. Uh, he might, he might. Um, call me up on that on that particular bit of bit of story I've made up there but um it, and then suddenly you were back at Bimfield is that is that kind of how it went uh, yeah so um so yeah that was the season um it was clear I wasn't going to get games with um with Bratnell that season so um yeah I, I just stopped playing and um James Suarez gave me a call I think he was at Woodley but he wasn't playing he might have been injured something like that um but he said look come down and you in the league they want to stay up um can you help out 
So I thought, oh, yeah, I'll give it a go, you know. It's, <laughs> yeah, it sounds like fun. And then the first game I played was against Binfield. And I only played two games. So I played midweek. But after that game, Binfield put a seven-day approach in for us. And, um, you know, obviously the the past that I've had with Binfield, it was like difficult to say no to him, really. Um, and there's a few guys there that I still knew from from previous. A um, few guys like James Knight, played with him at Marlow. So, yeah, it wasn't, um, it wasn't really one I was going to turn down once it, it came in, really. So, yeah. Come on, Rob. Sounds like you've got, um, well, quite a, almost a casual approach to all of this. Um, you know, it's sort of, it's being asked by people or, you know, a friends over there, or I quite like the idea of that project. But I, I suggest that perhaps to have the success you have across the number of clubs you have, you've probably had to work pretty hard at it. Um, over the years it doesn't yeah despite what you're sort of uh, implying uh, how does your sort of regime look now and especially compared to um, what it was maybe 19 years ago when you first embarked on uh, football uh, uh, so I mean during that time like so when I first embarked on football I was you know I was a kid um, and obviously now I've got my own my own career and because um, I work in the fitness industry um, you know, I've been like looking after myself in the gym. I, like injuries is one of the things I specialize in, so I understand why people get injured. So, um, you know, having that understanding, I suppose, has really helped me stay fit. Um, you know, touch wood, I've never really had any kind of real serious injuries, which has really helped. Um, but yeah, I've always, I've always loved training. Uh, you know, I've never, rarely am I the first one off the training pitch and you know, I like to stay behind and, and practice my shooting. I can't, can't get enough of it really. It's just, you know, even if it wasn't, um, even if we weren't playing games, I'd still, I'd still be happy to be out there just kicking balls into the goal, you know, whether there's a goalie or not, I've just, I've always loved it. So, um, you know, I think that that's part of it. Um, I hate losing. So, you know, those two things combined, I guess, um, <laughs> just I suppose, yeah, just kept me going really. You always, um, when you're going going out onto a pitch, do you always back yourself to score in your head? And how how do you think about a game? Is it like right, I'm going to score today, or is it uh, just a bit more sort of trust in the process and hope the team's going to play well? Um, or yeah, that's developed. That's definitely developed over time. So when I was younger, um, you know, that's all it was about. I just as long as I got a goal, didn't care. Um, I suppose I'm more focused on like what my job is for the team now. Um, especially as I've got older, not quite as not quite as quick um, anymore. So, um, yeah, I think I, I, I certainly say more recently, I've kind of put my job to the team ahead of my goal scoring. But, you know, if ever there's a chance, I've, you know, I always think I'll get a chance and, you know, I'd back myself to, to score if I do. Um, so, yeah, even kind of late on in games, I've always remember kind of talking to myself, kind of saying like, another chance will come, another chance will come. So that's kind of, yeah, always been my mindset, I think, for as long as I can remember. Sorry to interrupt. Barks County FC are the new sponsors of Berkshire Football Stories. The Swords' next game at Hill Farm Lane, where they ground share with Binfield FC, is on Saturday the 24th of October against Westwood Wanderers in the Thames Valley Premier League. You can find out more at www.barkscountyfc.com. Now, back to the podcast. Um, just, just wanted to kind of go back to that kind of like when, when you, when you're changing teams or when you're thinking about, uh, uh, you might move on. Um, 
it seems to me like a, 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 a guy such as yourself, sort of 20, 30 goals a season, or you know, possibly more at times, especially at step five, it seems like you'd have people banging on your door, trying to, like, getting, trying to desperately get you to come to their club to do the same for them. But is that is that not the case? You see, it does seem like you you kind of more sort of you know oh they got mate there that's that's but do you have you had anybody banging on the door? What what sort of process does that go through? Yeah, not often. Um, see, that seems weird. It does seem odd because yeah. everybody says we need a twenty thirty goal striker. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, I think the the only time that I've heard ever anyone kind of talk about it was um, they said like we never thought you'd leave um, Binfield. So. I was playing for Marl at the time and um, uh, Beaconsfield kind of came in for me during that season. Um, and the reason I left Binfield to go to Marlow is I always wanted to win a league and I never won one. And I kind of knew early on that they were going to do that. And then um, I managed to get chatting to Mark um, and yeah, he put a seven day for me and, and kind of went from there really. And um, so even when that came in, you know, it didn't matter what Beaconsfield were going were gonna to offer. Um, Mark was quite good with that as well. He kind of said, I just want to get it sorted. So he waved the seven day and said, look, talk to him, but then talk to me afterwards. Um, but I was very clear that I wanted to win the league and you know, I, I thought we were going to do that with Marlow and you know, thankfully we did. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like, but other than that, I've rarely people have, have come in for me, you know. So uh, yeah, you'll have to ask other managers why <laughs> that still be something. Did you just just talking about your current club Ascot and talking about winning leagues? Did you think you were going to do that last season? Yeah, we were we were devastated that the way it finished, it did. Um, I still don't agree with the way it ended, but you know that's in the past now. It's not something I can worry about too much. But yeah, we were we were so confident we were going to um, win the league that season. And I think it showed with the way we finished the season, um, beating Southall and, and then Spellthorn at home. Um, you know, the way, the way we did. Um, we were excellent in those games. So um, that gave us a lot of confidence. Um, but yeah, it didn't quite work out, unfortunately. How do you think um, that sort of disappointment has perhaps affected you a little bit this season? Because I saw your first game and obviously um, you were you smashed Molsey 7-1. And I thought, you know, maybe Ascot are going to take the game, uh, the league by storm this season, especially after the next couple of results. I think you won 5-2 and 6-0 or something like that in the next couple of games. Um, but since then, it's sort of been a bit more stop and start and things like that. Do you think maybe the hangover from last year has had any effect or is that just down to something completely different? Uh, I don't know if it's um, so much of a hangover. You know, we've been um, like training as early as we could do. Um, at the club, you know, we started off doing one-to-one -one sessions and then small group sessions and, you know, all of us were very focused on this season. Um, I think there's a, a combination of things, really. First of all, uh, we're no longer an unknown entity. You know, people, people are out to, to shoot for us because we were, um, we'd done so well last year and, you know, you can understand that. Uh, we've got a, a lovely pitch to come and play on and, you know, teams will turn up and, and think, oh, yeah, it's a bit of me, that is. So, um, yeah, no, people are certainly up their games against us. Um, also, um, we got off to such a good start last season. And, you know, momentum in sport is such a huge thing. And, um, you know, it's, although, you know, we played against a couple of sides that, you know, if you take the Frimley game, they were severely under strength that day. Um, Molesy, again, they, I think they'd, they'd lost their whole team the week before. So, again, we're very, very weak on the day. Um, so, you know, I think that was a bit of a, 
kind of false economy, if you like, into how well we were we were playing. Um, defensively, we've certainly sharpened up a lot recently. Um, going forward, uh, just seems to be a, a lack of confidence at the moment. Um, something we're working on all the time in training, and uh, you know we know we're not playing as well as we can do and should do with the players we've got. But um, I don't think we're a million miles away. You know. Mm-hmm. You say about the uh, nice pitch there. Surely that's got to help at some uh, point during the winter when all the other pitches are getting a bit boggy and you've got that um, surface. Uh, how much? How? How do you feel about playing on um, a surface like that, 3G, as opposed to sort of a normal uh, pitch? Is it because um, you know some people say they don't prefer it, but you get your games in, and you know you'll always have the chance. You always know you're going to be able to play. Yeah, they're pros and cons. My legs certainly know I've played on that pitch compared to the grass pitches. That's for sure. Um, yeah, I mean it, it's it is different. So uh, the the bounce of the ball's different, um, particularly when it's dry. Like it'll grip the ball a lot. So. Um, getting used to that um, but then when it's wet the ball moves really well so mm. you know it has its pros and cons um, you know we're all used to playing on grass so I think push come to shove we, we'd prefer to play on that surface but um, in terms of being able to train on it every week um, and then play on it you know it, it's brilliant um, as far as training facilities go um, well not just training facilities like the, the club itself is um, is so well run you know, I've been very impressed the moment I walked through the doors at Ascot. Um, so, yeah, they, they, they run a very, very tight ship there. And, um, you know, I, I think, you know, although, as I said, players prefer to play on grass, I think training at those facilities, um, you know, you, you do well to beat that at step five for sure. Um, Ian, just uh, slightly, slightly more humorously, I, hopefully. Um, I wanted to ask: we've, we've had over the years, we've used tons of pictures of you. You know, you you grab the headlines with the goals a lot. There are, uh, however, um, numerous hairstyles I wanted to discuss, um, <laughs> particularly, uh, you know, the the top knot and the, and the big beard and what you know, what's going on there? <laughs> so uh, the top knot. Um, do you know? What? I just went for a stage where um, I just didn't cut my hair I just I wore beanie hats a lot over the winter and it just kind of grew and then it was getting in my eyes and I just thought well I'll try it so yeah I grabbed the hairband and tied it up um so that was that one um but the beard uh, uh so I went um, on holiday to Iceland quite a few years ago and there's a poster of this guy and he had this massive beard and I thought that'd be cool to have one day so you know that's kind of that's it really I've just tried to grow one ever since so now it's getting there. Who knows? I might shave it off soon. Yeah, you look a completely different man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it might make me feel younger. So yeah, might give me uh, another year or two. <laughs> um, so uh, you said earlier. Well, we've said that you were a 19 uh, season uh, veteran at the moment. Is there anything else particularly you want to achieve in your playing career before you do? finally hang up your boots is it uh, for you now is it uh, trophies or promotions or things like that or is it still individual targets that you have and that do you know what the individual targets um you know, i still set myself targets like that but i'm not like, too fussed on that um I, I think uh just being able to to play and compete um the levels kind of um enough so you know with that i want to play for a team that are competing for for trophies and titles hence why um you know, I'm at Ascot, but, um, you know, me playing and being part of that, um, you know, is enough. And I suppose one of the other good things about Ascot, there's a lot of young players there and, you know, with all kind of work I do, I'm kind of coaching anyway. So, 
um, you know, kind of the thoughts of moving into football coaching are kind of appealing at the moment. So, um, yeah, kind of being an older player amongst the, a lot of younger players is, um, yeah, it's kind of nice as well, you know, nice to uh, kind of help some of the younger lads out with a few things. Um, but from an energy perspective, they also carry me along as well. So <laughs> that helps. But, uh, yeah, um, I suppose to answer your question briefly, it's just, um, you know, playing and competing is... That's all I'm really interested in, you know. Don't fancy another crack at, say, step four before um, before you give up, uh, finally retire. Yeah, well, as the the running joke at the football club is, I suppose, that probably about five or six years now, I've said, oh, I'm going to have one more season. So I said, <laughs> you know, if we get promoted, um, then that'll be it for me. I'll I'll retire there. Um, and then obviously the season ended the way it did. So I thought, well, I can't finish on that. So yeah. I'll have one more year. So, yeah, um, who knows, yeah. We get promoted. It might be one more year. <laughs> we don't. It might. Who knows? But um, yeah, we'll we'll see. Really, we'll see. Um, Rob, I know you normally have a couple of questions just to just to round things off with. Yeah. Um, do Do you still have those? We didn't We didn't do any prep for this beforehand <laughs> whatsoever. I've got I've got a couple of questions I want to ask to round off. So, have you got anything else? Um, uh, no, I, I, there was nothing nothing specific. I will just uh, Ian. I'll give you a couple of minutes just at the end to plug the business as well. Just as a thank you for coming on. So uh, anybody who wants to get in touch. So over to you, Rob. So well, the first one I wanted to ask is obviously you've been. Um, as we've mentioned, you've been to uh, through a number of uh, different Berkshire clubs over the years and played probably with a number of uh, players. Who's your favourite strike partner out of all the Berkshire-based, shall we say, clubs that you've uh, played alongside over the years? Berkshire. So if it's Berkshire-based, um, yeah, Carl Davis has probably got to be um, there. But when I had my time at Marlow, um, I played up front with Michael Bartley. Um, <laughs> so he's a Reading lad. Um, and center half just wanted to wrestle him all the time. Um, <laughs> I, that season, I had the freedom of the penalty box. It was brilliant. Like, it just, they were more interested in him. So, yeah, any striker that kind of um, can take away the attention from me is it, it, brilliant. And, you know, Carl Davis is a, another example of that. So, uh, yeah, they'd be my, my top two. It seems almost, sorry, sorry to interrupt you, Robert and, and, and Ian. Um, it seems almost nuts that defenders would not pay you any attention. You know, I've seen you play. Don't give you, mm-hmm. don't give you time and space. That's just a recipe for disaster. Absolutely bonkers. Sorry, Rob, carry on. <laughs> no worries. Uh, but the, the second question is uh, completely unrelated to that, so don't worry. Um, but yeah, uh, last week we released an article, Good Week, Bad Week, and uh, your captain, Louis uh, uh, Boas, former interviewee on the pod, uh, replied with a comment saying um, uh, one of the uh, good weeks was a good week for Berkshire takeaways. And uh, he replied <laughs> underneath highlighting the point that, you know, because uh, clubs aren't able to offer hospitality anymore, hopefully a packed lunch, I said, hopefully a packed lunch can be provided or it will mean a lot of business is embarked lot of business Berkshire's takeaway joints and he's just uh, copied you in eye emoji and no comment uh, care to elaborate or uh, uh, reply to Louis after yeah that. Louis um, I, <laughs> so me and Louis we, we travelled to games together and um, I've never met a guy that um, one enjoys food as much as him but two also eats as much food as him so yeah um, after games he's always hungry whether he's played or not he's always hungry so uh yeah, we're doing our bit to uh, help out some of the local takeaways soon as uh, <laughs> food's not provided. So, yeah, that's what that one's about. <laughs> where do you uh, where do you tend to stop? Um, 
it's probably the, the common one uh, is probably Pizza Hut. So uh, my missus, um, Anna, she's, uh, she's gluten-free. So Pizza Hut do a gluten-free pizza. So if I turn up with no pizza, um, I'm in big trouble. So yeah, <laughs> yeah that's probably the, the regular one. Lovely stuff. That's it for me. Oh, is that? Oh, blimey. Um, Ian, let's let's just uh, let's just talk just quickly about about your business. And um, so you know, you, you set up the business yourself. Um, it keeps you keeps you fit, keeps you playing. So, what do you do? What is it that you do? Um, and and how can people get in touch? Uh, so uh, essentially, it's a it's a mixture of um, biomechanics coaching and, and personal training. So um, I help people um, recover from injuries uh, or get fit. Uh, kind of, I'm a movement specialist, really. So. I pick up on people's bad habits, how they move and, and help them correct them. And, and more often than not, that gets rid of a lot of the uh, chronic pain issues they've got. Uh, so I've helped out Chris Ellis with his recovery as well. So he, uh, he played Saturday, had a few minutes Saturday um, and he, he's back to it. So um, yeah, in a nutshell, I've, I help people with injuries. I, I want to work a lot more with footballers because see that's a hobby as well, but you know, it's not exclusive to footballers. I help people all walks of life, whether it's, um, just a repetitive strain injury or uh, horse riders to uh, hockey players, golfers, etc. So, yeah. Is there sort of a, in the sort of movements that sports people make, is it sort of, I guess, is there a link between them all? Is it kind of all the same sort of thing or is it, is it just a big variety of injuries? Uh, the injuries, you know, they're varieties, but it all comes down to the same sort of thing. You know, a lot more people are uh, sat down a lot for a living, yeah. especially now after lockdown. Um, for if you can kind of stress him with that um, as well as the amount of time they're doing it it forms some bad habits and they're just taking them bad habits into their into their movement into their sport so it's you know undoing some of that and um, and yeah kind of improving their movement for whatever it is that they want to do but you've got to get the basics right first before you're then going into the complex movements they might do in sport uh, and just quickly how can people get in touch with you uh, so via my website if you want so it's uh, www fitnessclinicbarkshire.com uh, I'm also on uh, Instagram so Ian underscore Davis uh, 84 um, or I'm injury clinic BR on Twitter so message me on any of those lovely stuff and we should have a column from Ian uh, very occasionally um, coming up soon I hope so we look forward to that Ian thanks very much for joining us no, thanks for having me um, that was the Berkshire Football Stories podcast series three chat with Ian Davis. You can see more than 50 podcasts by us with, with the great and the good of the Berkshire non-league scene by searching Berkshire Football Stories on your favourite podcast app. Please subscribe for all the latest. And if you have a minute, please give us a rating and a review. Uh, all that's left to say is it's goodbye from me, Tom. Uh, it's goodbye from Rob. Goodbye. Uh, and it's goodbye from Ian. Goodbye. Berkshire Football Stories is sponsored by Berks County Football Club. The Swords are now ground sharing for the 2020-21 season at Binfield FC. If you're looking for your football fix in the area, check out Berks County's fixture list and head down to Hill Farm Lane this season to see local players striving for promotion. You can see all the latest fixtures, results and much more at www.barkscountyfc.com.